This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about EMPs. Now, we've touched on them in the past, but I don't know, it seems more and more relevant every day, right? There's wars, rumors of wars, you know, that kind of thing. It, mm-hmm. it gets you thinking. And turns out there is some new information out and things are, you know, there are definitely some newer threats and real things that we need to, you know, talk about and look into, but there's also different, uh, different things, you know, out there that you need to be aware of. So I wanted to talk about it. Like one of the things, all right, you guys remember last week, we talked a little bit about world war three kind of, you know, as a, a more and more a real possibility. Right. Um, you hear a lot of things of Putin, talking about uh you know maybe you know nuclear weapons are on the table like don't push the guy in the corner it's funny uh the guy uh putin was actually uh he's got an advisor and i was listening to like a a glenn beck program or something you know we all know glenn beck's kind of over the top a little bit sometimes and like he gets into that fear thing and whatever like I, i think he believes it i don't think he's trying to scare you but he just kind of he chases down rabbit holes and mm-hmm. and whatever. But there is some legitimacy to the stuff coming because the guy does do research. 
and I'll give him that. You know, he mm-hmm. researches the hell out of everything. I enjoy Glenn Beck. I think he's fine. I'm just saying I, I do understand why people would have reservations or, you know, raise their eyebrow when, when I say that, you know. But anyway, there's this guy, Alexander Dugan. You see him uh-huh. there on, on the right uh, with Putin here. He's a philosopher in Russia. And he's kind of been like a huge advisor to Putin for at least the last five years. I have no idea before that, but it's been relevant and in the public eye in the mm-hmm. last five years. And he's basically like they're filling the media and stuff in Russia with like, this is like end times and and the Antichrist is coming and Putin is actually holding back the Antichrist with his efforts and trying to protect Russia. Yeah, like full on like, whoa, dude, this is like kind of over the top. Right. Not the way you expect people to be talking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Putin is saying or this guy and Putin, it's kind of been a combination and you kind of have to infer a little bit. So that's why it gets right. a little gray. You know, I'm not playing clips. Right. And they speak Russian, Russian, which I don't speak don't. Russian. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This guy's name is Alexander. I don't know. It's Alexander spelled in Russian. I don't know what's happening. There's no mm-hmm. ease. It, <laughs> it's very confusing for me. But the bottom line is that they, uh, they're saying that America is kind of like, the antichrist is coming from America or whatever. And that if they use nuclear weapons against us, I mean, Hey, you're stopping the antichrist. Right. I mean, come on. To do? Yeah. Seriously. You're the victim. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, once you get that whole religious zealot thing going on, it, it, you end up with all kinds of more danger. Anyway, Russia and in the world community using an EMP, would be horrible and whatever, but it's not the same as, you know, burning everybody in a charred little, whatever. If right. you just take away their power and let them kill each other right. and steal each other's food and die a disease, then that's like way more humane. Right. Yeah. There's, there's an estimate about how many people would die if there was a, a nat- nationwide blackout. And it would, they say it would take four to six years to repair all the, the, the uh, after systems that were uh, and that's so they said by an EMP they right? said if we had one uh, a nuke detonated off uh, over Kansas and it created an EMP if it was like twenty six thousand mile or yeah twenty six miles up and um I think that one was like a, a hundred megaton or I'm, I'm not even sure but any twenty six miles up over Kansas. It would they expect it would take out the power grid and everything for forty percent of the United States, and they thought it would take as long as four to ten years for us to bring that grid back online. Now that's with sixty percent of the country having power, right? And able to help. That means you still have Washington intact. You have all your FEMA support stuff, and yeah. and that's that's if you use years. one. One what? nuclear weapon, you know, the S, the, the realistically, you would use three one for the east coast, right. one for the right. midwest. You, you blanket the country, that's right, right. Um, right. And you know, Russia has about 5,900 nuclear weapons. It's not like, uh, it's not like they don't have enough to, to take right. care of, you know, um, yeah. So, 
Yeah, so I'm just saying, Russia, it's on the table for them. Um, What's, that's something that they are down for, and absolutely 100% they have the capability. Mm. Um, Let's and talk about real quick best. Yeah, go how ahead. that would work, right? Um, how an EMP works? or Yeah, well, how, how an EMP from a nuclear blast works. Okay. So basically the gam- gamma rays that are created by the detonation ionize air molecules uh, to produce positive ions and recoil electrons called Compton electrons. This pulse of energy, which produces a powerful electromagnetic field, particularly particularly within the vicinity of the weapon blast. So if you're not a scientist, what that means is basically the gamma rays turn the air molecules into like mini Incredible Hulks, and they just smash all your, your electronics. That's pretty much it. So there's actually three phases of an EMP. So there's E1, E2, and E3, all right? Mm -hmm. And the breakdown is E1 is less than a microsecond. Right. Now, that's like an initial pulse, and it's huge. To be honest, that's going to take out most things because most surge protectors don't react that fast in order to stop it. Um. But again, I mean, having a surge protector and you're like, well, my LED TV is still good, but there's no power. That there's really no electricity. In it. Yeah, hot. it doesn't matter. All right. The second one, E2, is like a complete saturation. And that that that's pretty short. And then you have E3. And this is the one that kind of typically takes out everything. And, and the E3, and this all happens with every like EMP. It's just... You know, mm-hmm. well, with a, a high altitude nuke, right? Um, that one will actually last a couple of hours. So the big thing, if you have an EMP, don't run to your Faraday cage and open it up and be like, yeah, we're going to break this stuff out. <laughs> right. Let actually wait a couple hours, let things settle down. And because that's that atmosphere is charged, like Kevin said. And until that slowly dissipates, you run the risk of other things still getting damaged and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ways to protect to get your equipment and, and your vehicles against this. Um, like I just mentioned a Faraday cage um, and there's something called EMP shield. That's pretty awesome. And I actually have a coupon code for you guys. I'm just saying, and if you've been around with the, channel and listening to the podcast for a while you might guess what that code is going to be <laughs> but um anyway the uh the uh things like that can actually protect your stuff and your vehicles and actually even your house um we'll get into that a little bit later on what we can do to protect stuff i really kind of wanted to you know explain how real of a threat it is cuz people you don't assume you know, bad things. It's one of those, uh, it's never happened before. Right. So, you know, it's not realistic, but so many countries have EMPs as a major part of their defensive and, you know, or offensive Offensive. weapons. Sorry. Words are hard. Um, program. Uh, so we, we just talked about Russia. Let's talk about China, China, has EM or HEMP simulators and defensive and offensive programs that are certainly more robust than any in the United States 
China's military doctrine regards nuclear hemp attacks, that's high-altitude EMP attack, as an extension of information and cyber warfare, deserving the highest priority as the most likely kind of future warfare. Now, most of the stuff I'm talking about here is from a report called the China EMP threat, and it's uh, put in out by the EMP Task Force on National and Homeland Security. Uh, this one is from uh, Dr. Peter Vincent Pry in June 2021. Now, there's a couple of concerning quotes, and I hate reading quotes in the podcast because I know it can get boring, but right. it, some of this is like so shocking that you're just like, it, it, it's worth a read, all right? So the Foremost People's Liberation Army textbook on information warfare, um, Shen Wei Gong's World War, the Third World War, Total Information Warfare, explicitly calls upon China to be prepared to exploit AGMP offensively and defend against it. Here's here's like there was a bunch more nonsense, but as soon as its computer networks come under attack and are destroyed, a country will slip into a state of paralysis and the lives of its people will grind to a halt. Therefore, China should focus on measures and countermeasures of computer viruses, EMPs to quickly achieve breakthroughs in those technologies in order to equip China without delay with equivalent deterrence that will enable us to stand up to the military powers in the information age and neutralize and check the deference of Western powers, including the United States. So my point is the United States, they're really thinking about, right? There's a lot of hate (laughs) and anger. You know, I get irritated at people sometimes. Mm-hmm. They get irritated at whole countries. I don't mm-hmm. even get pissed at countries usually. <laughs> like that's not even my level of rage. So yeah. these guys have some rage. Mm-hmm. Um, we did an episode a while back and we were talking about how much China, you know, has that propaganda kind of going all the time about, right. you know, how they're going to destroy us. And it doesn't help that we got like Biden running around China's, uh, what is it? Chi, whatever the guy's name, XI, yeah, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Right. He's like, Jesus. You can say Winnie the for, for sure. The if you're, all right. Yeah. If his name is that confusing, thing gets me going with, with that. You yeah, saw that South Park with, uh, with Mickey I Mouse. That. I heard people talking oh. about it. Yeah. It, it was bad. Um, but, and Pooh and Piglet are in the prison. It, it mm-hmm. just, it, it's not good. <clears throat> um, now, not only that, I would expand. Uh, actually, it's funny. A lot of the information I got, if you guys go on EMP Shield's website, like if you're, you know, this is something you're really into and you want like hard facts and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. If you go to EMP Shield's website, they have a section called library. Mm-hmm. And under the EMP library, they have, all these reports on North Korea, China, anything the U.S. government's you know officially published on EMPs, they're all accessible and downloadable right there. And they also have you know the testing and the things they've done to kind of prove and disprove. But I mean, countries have done to whether this stuff's going to work and you know what kind of threat it is. Mm-hmm. But basically, in like '62, I think. 
we did the atomic bomb testing and that's when we kind of discovered the whole EMP stuff. Right. Um, it wasn't they, something that they predicted or knew about before they detonated it. It they had theories, but yeah, it's one of those you kind of tell you test it, it's whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, they definitely took out more stuff, but they did have some of the cameras and stuff shielded and whatever in you know protected for some kind of but yeah it went out further than they thought there were actually some issues uh in hawaii and some other stuff yeah they um, did detonate one uh high altitude over an island in the uh south pacific yes and 800 miles away in hawaii they had some uh issues telephones went down uh power outages in certain places and uh, blew a lot of fuses, like fuses yeah. and things right. like that. Now, mind you, yeah, this was actually Operation Fishbowl, and it was in 1962. And you're going to like, dude, they called it, the, the weapon was called Starfish Prime. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you're classy, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I just, to me, that sounds like, oh, you know, Starfish Prime. That's, you know, I think you had Prime to anything, and you just up the level, right? right? Yeah, that, absolutely. That sounds right. So, yeah, it was actually 1,500 miles away in Hawaii, 300 street lights, uh, telephone relay links, uh, communication between the islands was all messed up. And this is in 62. Now, think about technology in 1962 and how much more sensitive it is than now. Because, right. well, like now, you know, now if you don't have the static, uh, you know, I, I know when we work with circuit boards and stuff, I, I use the wrist strap that grounds you and that kind of thing, you know, to protect, right. you know, electrostatic uh, discharge, that kind of thing. You know, it makes a difference. Um, then uh, Russia had one called uh, Project K. And it was Project K, and in Test 184, not that you guys care, but if you wanted to look this stuff up, they did a 300-kiloton bomb, and it, for 1,000 miles, it shut down You know the power cables. 1,000 mm-hmm. miles, that's pretty good, right? Right. That That's significant. Um, we had one later called, because again, we stuck with that prime thing. We had one called Triple Prime. Mm-hmm. And when we did that, we realized that kind of around that, and that one was more impressive. Uh, and what we realized is a kill a couple of kiloton is more effective than a megaton bomb. Right. Um, and and that really actually ended up having more transmission. So that's something to think about. Um, no, uh, let me think. All right, so. Remember in now you're saying, well, how much is a power, you know, failure going to hurt me? You know, how much do I care? Well, remember in 2003, the Northeast blackout, right? Now that was 10,000, 10 million people. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, our power grid, it's great. Right. So believe it or not, that was a tree in Ohio just, you know, fell on a power line and 10 million people lost power. It was for most of them. It was about four days. It was. Yeah, it was a, it was an extended period of time. A it was significant. Wasn't, and yeah. you're talking about like New York city and stuff. I mean, right. that's, that's a big deal. 
Um, just, you know, it's one thing when you're at your farmhouse in the country and you have candles and you're like, yeah, I can live without power. I'll use the grill. Yeah. Imagine that you were, you were the type of asshole that lived in New York city. Right. And nobody wants to be that power's out. There's no water. There's no sewer that's, that's actually functioning. You you decide it's time to get out of the city. The, the heat's off the air conditioner, whatever time of year it is. You decide it's time to get out of the city and every traffic light in the entire city isn't working. So it was summer and it was Mm. hot and I was out fixing air conditioners and it was bad. And the reason I know this, because I was about 45, maybe 50 miles from my house and I was in the middle of, we'll call a city. It was uh, like Wappinger's Falls, right? Mm -hmm. But I had to come down for you, Kevin. It was, it was route nine. And holy crap, every single streetlight is not working. Mm-hmm. And it was just hour. I think it took like six hours to get right. home. Yeah. And, just, and that's not chaos. anywhere near, you know, right. a real city like New York City or. Right. Or right. I, like I remember that. at that point, a lot of people were walking to New Jersey, walking across the bridges that, you know, to get out because there's no channel. way their car, yeah. their, you know, mass transport, all that stuff was shut down. And there's no way you're getting your car out of that gridlock, you know? It's just that that city is is uh, very reliant on electricity, and it's uh, very hard to live there if if you're not ready for it, and and uh, you don't have a, a good way of, of transportation to get it get away from the, those people. Right now, what are some of the things that you're going to lose with an EMP? So first off, electric cars. It's a no go. Yeah. Gone, right? Most um, most regular cars are gonna have enough uh check engine light uh issues that you're you're gonna be lucky if you can start it. Now, some of them are gonna shut down and then you'll be able to turn them back on and be all right. That is rumored. Um some of them not so much. And the year keeps changing that I hear. I've heard vehicles before 1980 year golden. Mm -hmm. I've heard as far as 86. Everybody's got a different theory on that. Um, Again, that kind of goes back to the whole EMP shield thing. Right. You can get into that a little bit later and how you can protect your modern vehicle Mm -hmm. and your modern house for that matter. Um, Water sewer. Uh, all those pump stations, Kevin. Are there circuit boards in water and sewer plants? Yeah, you're you're screwed. Okay. Screwed. Um, what about There's myself? A, there, most people that are on municipal water uh, yeah. will have water for a short period of time afterwards because they most of that water is pumped up into towers or you know some sort of gravity feed situation. Right. So slowly over the day, a day or two, your water is going to have less and less pressure until it's just dribbling out. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um, mm. So you're recommending we get the water, Bob? I'm recommending that if something like that happens, you fill up every container you possibly can. A water okay. bottle. Fill the washing great. machine. Yeah, bathtub, there you go. That's a smart idea. And don't think of it like you're being greedy. Think of it like you're taking care of your family. That, right. That's what I would say. Um, it's your job to take care of your family. So uh, Department of Energy says if we had an EMP over the United States, we should expect uh, 50 to 80% still down after five years Mm, of whatever gets damaged. Um, That's Department of Energy. So what do you do? 
right? We're losing all kinds of, you know, transformers, power grid. What happens Computer is satellites, all your pow power lines, radios, radios are out. All your power lines are uh, giant antennas and mm -hmm. they basically carry it and destroy everything. Transformers, all that, right? So what do you do? One, you want to, well, let's talk about EMP shield. That that's something right now. So they offer, and I, dude, I was so skeptical of this. I, for a long time was like, you know, I don't even know that that could work. And when you offer you're they're like, oh, well, we have this warranty on it. And I'm like, yeah, but what good does a warranty do for me? And I'm just saying this because I know you're all asked, thinking the same thing, right? right? I mean, this is logical. You're like, well, how does a warranty help me when the world just ended? Mm. Well, in five years when the power comes back on, I'm going to call, hey, you know, I'm going to need that 300 bucks back. And right. Yeah, that's not really not practical. really helpful. Um, it does actually protect against like lightning strikes and, and things like that. So the warranty actually is relevant and stuff just working, but I just, I was skeptical and I was like, well, within the EMP, you know, that's something that, you know, maybe would be an issue. So anyway, they actually offer whole house and whole, uh, vehicle protection. Um, now it's not cheap. I think it's, uh, it ends up being about 389 for like the house or 389 for the vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, if I was on the regular power grid, I don't know that I would worry about my house that much because when the grid goes down, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have any, I don't really need any, my TV to work. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. If um, there's no power coming to your house. Then right. all your stuff now, in your house working isn't really like now, if I'm willing, cause I have money and I don't, whatever, if I have a lot of nice stuff in my house, I have a $2,000 TV or whatever. And I was worried about a lightning strike or the power, uh, power lines ripping off. You know, have you ever seen, uh, when, when the neutral wire rips off a house, dude, it fries everything, mm -hmm. your washer, your dryer, anything with a circuit board just done. And you know, homeowners insurance kind of handles that but it still sucks and nobody right. needs any of that. Right. I will say, and there's never a situation where your shit gets damaged and it's insured and you come out on top. Right. You right. Always, it yeah. always ends up costing and When you have you been in like a car accident and you're like, whoo, I won. Yeah. <laughs> that never right. happens. Right. Um, so anyway, this would actually protect against that. Um, and for 380, I got to say, if I have nice stuff, that's probably a good investment for even my regular house. But the bottom mm -hmm. line for your vehicle, they actually did extensive testing. Now I was like, well, what does that mean? You know, that it's going to meet government standards. Well, right. one government standards require that you protect against 50,000 mm -hmm. uh, volts. Right. These actually were tested at up to 90,000 is what I read. Um, but it, well, it said they were tested at 90,000. Um, and I know they, they say they're designed for over a hundred thousand. Um, it, but they just, the testing, that's where they went. I don't know, but either way, that's well beyond what government standards are for military vehicles. Mm -hmm. So it, it's going to help you out. And the thing is, nobody's really talking about more than a hundred thousand volt, you know, EMP, mm -hmm. but, uh, 
you know, that's something you want to look into. They, uh, but the bottom line is it is been tested and they set up these awesome freaking, uh, they use a capacitor and I got a, a picture if you're watching it on the video, but they run these transmission lines mm-hmm. and they basically create the surge and they hold it there and it saturates the vehicle, the equipment, the, you know, they put electronics in there and see if it's actually going to protect it. And this has been done. Like I, I watched the videos and, you know, and I'm like, all right, you know, like they actually checked it out. It actually works. And it's really going to work. That to me is worth something. And I got to say, like, I have old vehicles and when I bought it or when I made the decision that I was going to buy an old truck and, and whatever, EMP was something very relevant in my mind. Right. I'm like, this is something I want to, you know, protect my family against. And so I was down vehicles. Look, I like the, we're working on them. I like whatever. There were other influencing factors, but it was a consideration. Mm -hmm. Now, my point is um, for 350 bucks to make your nice modern vehicle, not become a freaking paperweight. Mm hmm. That's pretty awesome, actually. It's right. I think they're three eighty nine is the answer, but mm-hmm. if you use code badass, that's the code badass. It's going to save you fifty bucks, and mm-hmm. so that brings you down to like three forty nine or something in that neighborhood. Three thirty nine. I don't know. It's going to save right. you fifty bucks, whatever it is. And bottom line, you're going to be kicking ass because you're going to have your nice, cool vehicle. Your radio is going to work. There might not mm-hmm. be anybody transmitting out there. Yeah, if you have an EMP shield and an EMP hits, tell you what, your your men uh, are going to want to be you, and yep. women are going to want to yep. be with you. Exactly. I, you're going to be loading up the bus, whatever you mm-hmm. got. EMP shield, you got it in there. They actually have a micro one that's like tiny. You can put on your motorcycle or anything now. Yeah, they, they you know, they're working on it. But the bottom line is. It sounds like a pretty freaking great deal is Mm. what I'm getting at. Cause, and then, so here's the cool thing. If you do the micro, they actually have it with the wire cable. Cause that was the thing. I was like, well, which vehicle I'm like, to be honest, I'd want it in my cool truck, but I end up taking the good gas mileage little car for the road trips. Mm -hmm. And I know if I'm on a road trip, I don't want to be stuck with a vehicle that dies, you know, in the middle. And I was like, what do I do? Cause I mean, to be honest, 389 is a lot of frigging money. And I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot compared to a car, but it's still significant, right? That's going to affect your budget. Right. Um, so I looked at that and I was like, yeah, I don't really know that I could swing too. Well, if you buy the micro one, this new one, they got, they actually, it has a plug on it and you can wire it up in both vehicles. And when you go to take the one on the road trip, you just swap it over and plug it in mm-hmm. and you're good in the second vehicle. Whereas you can leave it in your primary vehicle, you know, and then when you do something special, you can protect the other. Now, obviously right. it's got to be in there when the EMP hits. Right. But you know, Hey, that that's still one more level of protection. Now they do the same thing for your whole house. And basically the way it's going to work is anything that's plugged in is going to be protected. And that's the same thing in your vehicle. Anything that's connected to the battery 
is going to be protected. Right. And that's pretty awesome. Um, and I, like I said, I'm actually an electrician. I looked into it. I dug in and I read, and I, like I said, I was really reluctant for a long time. This company has been out a while and I just was like, eh, I don't know that I can really get behind that, but it really does, you know, make the difference and will protect your family. So I'm just saying code badass. You guys might want to check it out. Um, but what else can you do? So you could do a Faraday cage, right? Right. Well, let's talk, let's talk real quick about, about how, how this, this might go down because okay. it, realistically, if you're going to launch nuclear weapons at another yeah. country, but not like, you know, intend to detonate it at a high altitude, nobody's going to know that when the missile's on its way. You know what I mean? You're not going to want to launch nuclear weapons at another country and be like, no, nah, psych. It was just, just to get the power, you know? Yeah. So, right. So if you're going to bomb somebody with a nuke, you might as well bomb them. You know, you're already crossing the line of using weapons of mass destruction. You might as well, you know, so, so realistically you wouldn't, you wouldn't launch a nuke from, you know, your country to another country to set it up, set it off. What you might want to do is like, say, floated over a country in a high altitude balloon. What? You know, would you test something like that before you did it? Kevin? Maybe you want to give it a couple of test runs. See how, how many times you can do it before you get caught. If they're are, see are if, they really paying attention, see if people even respond. Like right. what would they even do? Would they let me put would they just let it go all the way across the entire country before they did anything about it? Mm, maybe. That might Maybe. be something people. I don't imagine people would ever react like that, though. I'd imagine if you flew a balloon over the United States, we'd like shoot it down as soon immediately, as, right? As soon as you hit our waters, right? We'd yeah. be like, "Oh, twenty-five miles out, motherfucker, mm-hmm. and you're going down. Take it yeah. out now." No. Well, all right. Uh, so, no. well, hang on. There, there's Go one ahead. more. Well, yeah, this kind of if you're going to possibilities, I might be beating you to the punch here. North Korea mm-hmm. got. Russia alerted us. You're going to like this. Russia alerted us that North Korea may have gotten leaked information from Russia on how to put an EMP inside a satellite to be able to launch it from satellites. Right. I don't know how they got it. They get just leaked out. They had it. They had it in a computer and the computer was leaking information or just dripping out of there leaked out somehow so anyway so they said right now over japan over the philippines over anywhere kind of around north korea Mm -hmm. there's the real possibility that there's satellites that are capable of deploying emp weapons right now now here's the thing right they're capable of that now mind you this information was leaked from russia so it's possible that Russia has this information as well. And it's possible that Russia may actually have satellites over the United States right now. Yep. Now we're That's talking possible. about no missile flying in, no right. anything to alert you just, Oh, there's a satellite. Did it just get wider? Did something happen? And then, Oh, mm. fuck, that just happened. <laughs> and you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. yeah. What was what so, your number two? 
Yeah. So, so, well, let's, yeah, let's talk about a little, little bit about that sort of stuff because, you know, a, a nuke, uh, the primary reason for using a nuke is the massive destructive power, right? And the EMP is just a, a side effect. You can make direct EMP weapons that don't mm-hmm. cause a, a, an explosion, right? So, so you could wipe out the electrical and an EMP has no effect on living things, right? It's not going to kill people. So if you detonate an EMP or, you know, an EMP weapon, you know, it's an act of war, but it's not a weapon of mass, mass destruction. You didn't kill anybody. You just shut the power off. You know what I mean? So it doesn't classify. It's not like a, a it prompts a, a nuclear response. You know, we're not talking about Armageddon. That's just, you know, the opening salvo of, uh, you know, of a war. So the United States has been working on uh working on electromagnetic weapons and it's highly classified. They don't, you know, you don't, it's not even in the military's purview. It's not under the, uh, um, the defense it's under, it's under, uh, the energy, uh, department. So, you know, if you really want to control the world, the most powerful person in the country after the president is, is the head of the, the, uh, electrical or the the head of the uh, power departments right so um there's a high powered microwave advanced missile project they call it champ which uh doesn't really those letters don't really match up but i don't know i don't know what's going on a lot of those things seem seem a little suspect the the arrow and the, all the uh all the the you know the projects like that they never really seem to match up but these uh these systems are so advanced that we don't know what they can do and what right. they are capable and what they're planning on. And the idea of of putting an EMP in a satellite is a is a great idea, but there's a lot of other uh direct weapons that they can use to fire at, you know, at things like well, ships. Right. There was there was a lot of testing that it, or sorry a lot of research that uh, it's definitely a possibility that a country like Iran could have a handheld weapon that they could launch off a barge off uh, you know the east coast or whatever mm-hmm. and pretty much create an EMP and and you know cause enough problems. Uh, right. It's definitely always a threat, and you know to be honest, I know you guys. Like the assumption in America is that our borders are really secure, right? Yeah, right, no right. Problem. Nobody's ever right been able to. So there's no chance that somebody would be able to bring a weapon across our border because, like, right. we and hypothetically stop everybody and check them out. Hey, yeah. you're not hypothetically. They talk about suitcase nukes, but there's suitcase size EMP weapons. Right. That are massive. Not, you know, we're not talking about like, you know, shooting it at your truck as you're driving down the road and turning it off. We're talking about massive power outages from a small unit. And yet, suitcase, yeah, maybe it weighs 800 pounds. It's not something you're carrying around with you, but it's something suitcase you can size. fit in the trunk of a car. Right, right. right. And that's so, the thing. Like, there's a lot of trucks with launchers in the bed and things like mm-hmm. that truck designs i mean uh, what i'm saying there's a lot there's a lot of designs and things that people put together that are out there 
that you can see. I'm not saying there's a lot of trucks driving down the road with gun missile launchers in the back. Right. That's not what I was inferring, but mm -hmm. go. Now, there's also a 12% chance that we're going to get a massive solar flare in the next 10 years. So right now we're entering a high... Uh, high activity uh, high activity phase of the of the sun it goes in and out you know like a like 12 year cycle you know 24 year cycle where it goes in and out you know more and more likely and less and less likely and we're entering you know more and more likely uh phase of this uh of this and there's a high chance that this could just happen naturally you know we're not talking about you know china attacking us and, and what we know Right. How would we know? Right. But what's worse is it's going to take out half of the world. Mm. Right. So the world's good. You know, you probably don't know this, but the world actually turns in a circle. Right. And it turns out whatever side is facing the sun, that guy gets screwed. Right. The right. other guy so, is like, oh, I didn't even notice anything. That's if weird. that happens over over the United States, maybe China will come over and help us out. Maybe they'll send their military over, aid, there, over right? here to help us and make sure everybody gets food. You know, it's the communist way. And well, next thing you know, you know, the power's out and there's a Chinese you know military all up, up and down. Huh? Is if it happens on the other side of the world, we will send aid. We will send it, yeah. And it'll cost us trillions of dollars, and we'll rebuild everybody, and oh, don't worry about it. But if it happens to us, they're going to be like, five. Yeah, I that sucks, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that happened to you. We'll send some troops over. I don't know what they're going to do. They might clear the land. But you know what? I'll tell you what. It's going to take us a little while to get our response together, and we'll see if you guys don't kind of just die off first. Yeah. You know, whatever. Take care of see, that. Shit by just kind of want to see what happens while we get our supplies ready, because mm -hmm. you know it's kind of one of those. Like I hate to say it in in the prepper world, you always kind of think about, you know, if somebody, like if somebody can't get food or prepare, take care of their own life, giving them money or food right now isn't going to help them if they're just going to die tomorrow. Right. Like you bought them a day but you didn't mm -hmm. buy, you know, that teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. You mm -hmm. give him a fish. He, well, if I give you clean water and food now, but I don't sustain it and I don't give you a way to get back to creating your own food and water, mm -hmm. then you're kind of just screwed, you know? Right. You know, the interesting thing is that the United States is fully capable of feeding its entire population easily. The amount of food we produce. Right. The problem is that the food isn't where the people are. Right. It, you know what I mean? It, it's right. not going to be at the grocery store if trucks aren't driving. You know, it's not going to be at your farmer's market if their tractors aren't moving. Right. You know, if you live in New York City, if you live in Baltimore, if you live in uh, Jackson, Florida, if you live in uh, San Diego, that food isn't there. It's right. not it's not at your house. It's not within driving distance. It's not like you can go, you know, go up the street and, and pick corn from, uh, you know, uh, farmer John and, uh, you know, pay him in, uh, in, uh, you know, the change that you have in your change door. Cause you can't access your bank account. Um, it's not going to be so easy. If you don't have food, if you don't have something to trade for food, you're going to be up shit's Creek. Right. Um, yeah, 
I mean, that's the thing. You that that's really what it comes down to with preppers. Um, I mean, and that that's things. So what can you do? You can coordinate with your neighbors on how you'd respond to a disaster, right? You can talk about each other and to each other about being prepared, about, you know, hey, do you have kind of stuff? And hey, how might you do it? Hey, who has a well? Who has, you know. All right, none, we all live in the city and we're all on municipal water and nobody has an old well that's been around for a while or whatever. So does everybody have a water, Bob? Does everybody have a way to filter water in the creek or whatever? Does anybody know how to collect water or get rainwater, you know, somehow? I'm sure mm-hmm. that's illegal in most places, but, you know, who knows? Um, food stores. Do, do you and your neighbors have food stored up, right? Do you have a garden? Do you have a way to produce more? Maybe Mm -hmm. it's chickens. Maybe it's rabbits. Maybe you have something going on there. Flashlights, backup optics. You know, a lot of us have more advanced optics on our weapons that, you know, do you have some more? I actually have, I think like four red dots that I put in a Faraday cage. They were all like cheap, like 30 bucks each, but I found one that actually worked well. And I was like, you know, I could buy a bunch of these and, and just stockpile them. And just in case I have to break something out, you know, for later. Um, do you have ways for like off grid cooking hand tools? Um, do you have a tractor? Is your tractor maybe protected? Is it in a metal barn? I mean, that might be enough to deflect things, but there's also a good chance that it's not. I think it really matters was, was the barn door open? You know, I don't know. I know that a direct strike, like if you're in Kansas and they deploy a weapon over you, yeah, that tractor probably isn't going to work even in the barn. Yeah. Now, unless you had the whole EMP shield thing going, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just something I, I'm just putting that out there. Um, Kevin, any more thoughts on this? I know we wanted to, in the future here, maybe coming up, we might talk about a Faraday cage. I know time's always taking. Kevin's got to get kids to work and everything else. Yeah, Um, there's all sorts of stuff always happening, but we can, uh, follow up with a a second episode for, for next week, talking about, uh, how to, how to protect yourself and how to defend, uh, what you have from, from a potential EMP strike. Right. I think that would be excellent. Um, 99% 99% sure we're going to have the uh, YouTube live next week. Same as always. My employer does tend to change when work happens at the last minute and get crazy. Mm-hmm. So it comes up, um, check the uh, Facebook group or the page and I will try and put that out there. So I will try my best to be here, but I try not to, you know, waste your morning. If you guys are planning, you know, on checking it out and, I don't want to disappoint you. So watch, uh, you know, the Facebook group. I will post something if something comes up, but we do plan to be there this week and questions, concerns, things you guys want to hear about, maybe more EMP ideas. We'd love to see them in the comments, but, uh, if you uh, have show ideas, email us at prepping badass at gmail.com. Otherwise, I would say stay safe, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.
Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 